live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499 3, KLIN. All right, 608 Monday morning. We are ready to go January 9th, 2023. 34 degrees in the game. Yeah, 34 to start things off. We're above freezing already, folks. Before you're even out the door, probably. And uh, I see uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of the next ten days. Seven. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, 50 plus right now. My ten day forecast I've got in front of me. So okay. take that winter. Take that all the way up through the 18th. So uh, that's good. That's good. Good to see for me at least. Uh, and uh, yeah, glad to have you with us. Ready for another week? You're ready for boy our first full week of 2023 on the show. We haven't uh, done a, full, a short week. We haven't done a full week since. Whew. It's been a hot minute. Whew, the, the like the week starting what December? Well, the week 11th? going in, the week going into Christmas. Uh, did we do the whole week there? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I guess week. that would have been all right. Well, but that week the also 18th. felt like a month. So <laughs> yeah, the week of the 18th. I guess you're right. Yep. So uh, there we are. Here we are. I uh, got a good show for you today. Uh, a lot of time for you, topics, things that are going on in the news. So the uh, Rickstown Recognition text line is open. Anything you want to talk about or get to, you can do that through there. Uh, text us at 402-479-1400. Uh, Dirk Chatlin is our only guest scheduled for today. So we'll talk to him at 835. We'll get into a uh, few things with him, uh, Nebraska basketball. Uh, the men had uh, got pulled out a win this weekend and uh, find themselves in a you know pretty decent spot, all things considered mm-hmm, here, mm-hmm. as we roll into mid-January and a big game this week. So we'll talk to him about that, some of the news for Husker football as well. So a little bit to get to with him there at 8.35. Also is the national championship for college football tonight. Don't forget that. Uh, the final game of the year. We say goodbye to college football until next uh, August slash September, sadly enough. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, in terms of uh, what we've got going on in the headlines today in and around the capital city, uh, people, you know, just a lot of people saying, hey, Jack, I want three hours of you breaking down the floodplain compromise uh, on the show tomorrow. I want to I want every single point of it. And um, I'm. You know, I, I'm prepared to do that if you want me to, or we could just kind of give you the uh, more of the bird's eye view on the thing. I want you to go uh, through every one of the eleven be- amendments that Councilman ev- Becky has proposed. Evidently, the uh, on on the floodplain issue, which is an important one, I, I kid a little bit, but is an important one to uh, both developers and you know homeowners, business owners, and the environmental uh, community all the same. Uh, it it sounds like perhaps if he's got the votes, City Councilman Tom Beckius has put together kind of a bridge between the two the two sides on this thing uh, to see if he might be able to get uh, get some traction on that tonight when the city or to, I don't know if it's today or tonight three this afternoon it's this afternoon that the uh, city council gets together. Uh, there are there are some city council people on both sides of the aisle who. Uh, have said that they're a little bit frustrated with the process and that they've been sort of out of the loop on it. Uh, so we'll see if the Beckius plan when it comes to floodplain issues is uh, is going to get what it needs to get votes at the city council and how many amendments are added to it if there was time to put those amendments together. There's 11 and, uh, that have been added to the agenda. Okay. 
Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, I'm sure there was late Friday. Okay. So still confused. Yeah. So we will, uh, we'll see what, uh, what happens with that, uh, in, in other politics news locally. Uh, Governor Jim Pillen sworn in on Friday. They had the big, they brought the big shaking your head. Did I say Thursday. something wrong? Okay. Thursday. Uh, fact check Thursday. Regardless, though, since we last got together, they had the big ball, the yes. inaugural ball, uh, which, which they did, did in Omaha. And uh, that's now happened. And so now we get to kind of a normal week, too, for uh, for state government with him at the helm of the executive branch, uh, which also will probably coincide with, I would imagine, today, but maybe not today, maybe tomorrow, uh, the the announcement on the U.S. Senate appointment that he will be making, which is presumably former Governor Pete Ricketts. Uh, and yeah, that seat is now officially vacant. Vacant. We got nobody there. Nobody voting for Nebraska in one of the two seats, at least. But I have a feeling they've got all their ducks in a row to get Pete Ricketts going in that office ASAP. And Pillen just needs to make the appointment. So I presume that'll be happening again. I I would be surprised if it doesn't happen today. I did see uh, the World Herald had an editorial where they said, hey, uh, at least let us know who applied for this thing. Let us know all the names that were. But well, we do know of one that applied because she made it public. Because she said it, but yes. from the governor's side, from the state right. side, we haven't gotten a list of of who applied. Uh, it sounds like they might do that after the fact. So, um, you know, the, the the argument was basically, look, this is kind of a unique way to select a senator. It's not like it wasn't done by the rules. It was, but just in the interests of complete transparency and openness in this process, when I think there's been a little bit of a, among some at least, a little bit of cynicism about how this this process happened exactly, at least give us the names. I, I'm just curious about who, uh, I'm just curious about who thought that maybe they would get a shot at it. If they, yeah, it would be interesting they filled to see that, that list. thing out, who but exactly I, they are, I, how many of them we know. and I would also have to say that... Pete Ricketts probably has as good a qualifications as just about anybody for the position. He's, uh, you know, former chairman of the of the uh, uh, Republican Governors Association and has uh, worked with a lot of the national officers through the pandemic and all yeah. that. So he's not necessarily a stranger to Washington D.C. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he will uh, he he will likely be taking that post soon now that Ben Sass is has stepped down, uh, gone on his uh, Scorched Earth media tour, and now will be uh, starting his tenure at the University of Florida. Doesn't he start at like the end of the month, actually, officially? It might be a little bit later down the road. So, um, so he's got an established residency, I would imagine, in Florida to serve in that position. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, ben so, Sass, a Floridian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is still odd because, I, I mean... I, the first time that I interviewed him years ago, years ago, when uh, he was first throwing his, his name, he hadn't run for anything. Um, he had been at Midland, but he threw his hat in the ring for U.S. Senate that first time. I interviewed him, and I'd never talked to him or heard him talk before. And I, I, it sound, he, has, he has kind of like a quality of his, of his inflection, the way that he talks. He kind of sounds like sort of like a California surfer dude a little bit. I don't know if anybody's ever yeah. noticed that, and I, I was like, where, "So, where's this guy from? Is he a, is he a Californian? Was it? And like, no, he's from he's from Fremont. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Which which reminds me of a story that I I've told 
probably many times, so bear with me here. But it was it was the first time the first time when I went to law school here, uh, we had like an orientation, and my my partner for it they pair you up with another student, and you know just kind of a get to know you type thing, and it was this. Uh, it was this gal. She was very nice, but she had, she sounded like she was from the South. And I was like, oh man, I wonder, you know, wow, did you come up here from, from Atlanta or, 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 um, or Alabama or, or Mississippi to come up here? And, you know, I didn't, I never asked. And at, at some point at the end of the day, I was like, so, so where are, where are you from after, after all? Um, I can hear you kind of have an accent. She's like, Scott's bluff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was like, I, what? Yeah. You what? get you get some of the folks but, out in like western and panhandle Nebraska you get and the, they definitely just grew up watching well, reruns of Dallas. That, that, but like you watch uh, Sandhills too. No, well, that, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, panhandle panhandle Sandhills. I mean, you watch but you watch like uh and I don't know if this is by design, but you watch like Yellowstone for instance and they're all you know, they're all in Montana and they I mean, they they kind of. T- I don't know. I can't duplicate. I'm bad at accents. Not that you guys didn't know that, but <laughs> I wonder, like, true. what is the what is the northern the northern cowboy accent exactly, and how is that different than what a southern accent would be? Because it's de- there's definitely something to it. There's definitely something to it. If you, and that ha- would probably go that whole area, you know, out western Nebraska into Wyoming, parts of Colorado, and those sorts of things. It's not a southern accent, but it's kind of a, it's a cowboy. It's cowboy. It's got thing. a little bit of that Texas drawl, but the northern, yeah. the, the northern enunciation is that what it is. Drawl. My theory is there is something in wheat that the more you chew on it, it does something to your vocal cords. Yeah. I mean, listen uh, again for those of you who knows the show. Like, think of like how Rip talks on that show. Like, that's not. I mean, he's got something. He's got. He's got something. But again, he's he's been in the north his entire life. So well, they 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 grow a lot of hops in Montana. Maybe they're that's chewing true. raw hops. That's true. Man, I'll tell you what, though. I'll try to find the 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 Facebook post I saw literally earlier this morning. But someone went through and took Yellowstone characters. And said, "If Nebraska City oh, yes. yes. were Yellowstone, okay, I am fascinated with that. I would love to predict. I, I try to find. I would love you. to predict some of those. But you know, the the funny thing, and and for those who don't know, that you know, the, it's it's a show where it takes place on a a ranch in Montana, and the guy's trying to protect his land against all this encroachment from outside interests and tourism and all of those sorts of things. The funny thing about that show is it's like." It, it's this whole thing which sort of casts new development in tourism and changing the character of the land as as a bad that's kind of the the antagonist in some ways for the entire show but the funny thing is all i do when i watch that show after it's over i was like man i want to get out there and go take a vacation out there <laughs> okay i found it it's like the only thing okay let's okay, I, okay. I don't know the actual names of the characters so i'm just going to hand you my phone okay and, and you can swipe over okay so all right, I gotta take off my glasses here. So that's uh, John Dutton, who this is Kevin Costner char- character. That's Broken Bow. We don't really have explanations for this. 
Uh, oh, Lincoln got Beth Dutton. Okay, good. Beth Dutton is... Is she the crazy one? Yeah, she's the crazy one. <laughs> I've seen some clips. She's the uh, she's the crazy one. Also, if you watch the show and then you watch an interview with her as a real actor, she's British, and it blows your mind. <laughs> there is nothing more confusing in life than a British actor who has a completely American accent when they're acting, mm-hmm. which is the same as uh, the, the gal from Stranger Things, uh, uh, oh, Millie, Bo- Millie, Millie Bobby, Bobby Brown. Brown. Same thing. My my daughter's watching that Enola Gay show right now. Enola, yeah. Or Enola Holmes. Enola Gay is the the plane. Uh, in the Enola Holmes show. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Mark was over there. He went, wait a minute. No, no. What? Sorry. That's, that's right. Enola Holmes, which is like a relative of Sherlock Holmes. I haven't watched it. Yeah. But she's like talking a lot closer to what she really sounds like in that. Mm-hmm. And Eleven is, is, is British, too. Um, all right. So now we've got... Uh, Oh God! I got to remember all their names here. Uh, the the lawyer, the brother of the lawyer, who's like the real kind of he's nobody likes him in the show. That's Omaha. <laughs> R- oh, Rip is Scott's bluff, yep. <laughs> which is hilarious because I just sort of made that Casey for whatever. Who's the other brother? Uh, is Bassett. <laughs> Do you even know where Bassett is? No, I don't know. I don't know what. The, <laughs> there are a couple I, on here. Kinda, that, if, <laughs> if Bassett is Casey, it kind of makes me want to go to uh, go to Bassett. Though I like Casey on the show. Uh, Bassett would be. It, it's north of Loop City, probably an hour. What yep. should I know about it? About that. Well, it's just a <laughs> unique area. Okay. You just gotta. You know? Sorry, Omaha was Jamie. Jamie died. I couldn't remember his name. Uh, and then Walker, who's one of the the ranch hands, who's a like a country music singer. He's Ogallala. Uh, then Lloyd, who is, uh, he, it's got, he's got the Sam Elliott thing. Like they tried to get Sam Elliott, but they couldn't get him is what it seems like to me. That's Hyannis for whatever reason. Yeah, that, that would fit. Okay. Uh, that's, that's out in Grant County. Jimmy is the guy who was mixed up in like the meth, dro- meth situation. And they, they basically pulled him in as a favor to fix his life, to be on the ranch. And he didn't know what he was doing. That's Blair. <laughs> Uh, okay, this is hilarious. And then you have the uh, the gal who is uh, Summer. She's like the environmental activist that that uh, falls like sort of falls in love. I'm not going to spoil too much, right. but she, then she sort of gets entangled on the ranch. Uh, that's Papillion. <laughs> uh, and then there's a uh, Teeter, who's the who's actually Michael Landon's daughter. Uh, weirdly enough, but uh, she is she's from Texas, and you can barely understand a word she says, and she she's chewing all the time and all this stuff. That's North Platte, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> then there's Travis. He's this like he, he's like this buff like uh, cowboy guy, like rodeo guy mm-hmm. uh, who trains horses and deals in horses. That's Valentine. Uh, I'd have gone. I'd have maybe gone Burwell. Okay. Uh, no, Arthur would have been good. That's not and I don't want to spoil who this guy is because it'll spoil something big. Uh, but there is a father of one of the main characters in the show. He's the one who who looks like a combination. He looks like a combination of George Bush and Brett Favre. Uh, that's Garrett. <laughs> he he, I mean George W. Bush and Brett Favre. It's crazy. Am I wrong? He does. That's McCook. <laughs> uh, then then you've got uh, Laramie, who is the. Uh, uh, she's one of the uh, female love interests of the the meth guy of Jimmy, um, and she's a barrel racer. She's Norfolk. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know about that one. Uh, and then there's the kid. There's there's the kid that uh, Beth kind of adopts at one point. Uh, he's a real troubled kid. Uh, terrible home life. Smoking cigarettes really young. That's Hastings. 
So I don't know what you think about that one. There you go. All right. Sounds like it. a South Sioux City to me. There was a, a Harrison and an O'Neill on there, too. Oh, I missed. Uh, Harrison is one of the farmhands that is, or the ranch hands that doesn't really do a whole lot. That's small town Harrison? Yeah, that's Harrison. Um, and then oh, and then same with O'Neill. Those guys aren't like huge characters, so I don't know much to say It explains those towns. Right. Sorry, that was a, that's a random I, I knew you'd enjoy that. I did. I did very much. Now I wish I understood some of the... <laughs> I need to know some things about Hyannis to understand exactly you, what the connections you are. You need to spend a week in the Sand Hills we, and the Panhandle. Again, again, there is a working but not confirmed plan for something like that this summer, okay? Caleb and I have a, a working plan, at least, to take this show... Something that we've never done on the road. For, Nebraska tourism, get a hold of us. Yeah, exactly. For a week, okay. For a week, the thought is, and the idea, the the idea is, we get uh, maybe your friends at at uh, Windstar or and or maybe some kind of an RV company would hook us up with uh, with a vehicle. We take off on Sunday afternoon, and then we uh, we land. It's uh, some town, and we do that for five consecutive nights. We stay in a different town. We originate the show out of that town, and then I partake, as does Caleb, but he can kind of be my guide through this. I partake in all of the, you know, the non-Lincoln activities. Jack's rural tour in Nebraska. Mark, if we need to get out, maybe we get all the way out to the Sandhills. That'd be great. Yeah, got to make a stop in Minden. Get out to... I don't know what are the that, that's a good you can see Axtell from there. Yeah, you can. <laughs> so here's a good question for people. As we develop this plan, we're gonna you know, we'll we try and pitch management on it. And what are the must stops? What are the five yeah, what are your what are your five stops for our summer rural tour? Oh my god. What should they be? Like I'm thinking I'm thinking La Vista. I'm thinking Bellevue. I'm thinking. <laughs> Careful, we might end up going as far west as Crete. I'm thinking uh, Big Sandy Lake. I'm thinking. <laughs> so you want to just go out and you don't want to be this an overnight. Thing. These are all. Oh yeah, these are all oh, no. overnight stays. No, they're not. I'm uh, thinking Hemingford. I'm thinking Imperial. Uh, <laughs> Gordon. I think maybe the Unis Center and oh, okay. Kearney. May as well just go to Cheyenne. Give us your point. top. Give us your top five uh, stops on the tour. Go okay? to the Carnegie Center and Alliance, and then out to uh, Carham. Or if somebody wants to map it out for us. That'd be fur, great. Fur Trade Museum in Shadron. All right, we gotta go. Kick, kill, By the way, I owe you an apology. Why is that? I forgot to start the coffee this morning, but it's ready now. Don't worry, he told me. <laughs> Shut up, Caleb. Jeez. <laughs> 626. It's Tell My Kid with Jack and Wait friends. Wait till tomorrow. On KLIN. Got an opinion on the latest Huskers game? Fire off with a voice message in the free KLIN app. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. 
right, we're going to have to, uh, a little bit later in the show, go back through some of these text messages that came in during the last segment, because there are a lot. Um, <laughs> if you uh, if you missed it, we are, we are discussing. Uh, there's been a desire expressed by both Mark and Caleb over the years to... Uh, take me to get me out of Lincoln uh, into the into the rest of the state um, and and put me in uh, give me some experiences that I maybe didn't have growing up in in East Lincoln and now that I'm watching Yellowstone you know uh, I I kind of aspire to these things I see the uh, uh, I, I see them happening on screen and I I want to be a part of that um, we got to get you and I don't want to go all the way to Montana because that makes John Dutton mad and and you know <laughs> put, go in those hotels and and those sorts of things. So we got to get you west here, of the 402. We, we got to get you to 308 area. So we are taking suggestions on where we go and and what we do. Mm-hmm. And we're uh we're going to put them on the list and we'll see what we can we can put together here <laughs> for uh for our proposed our proposed summer rural tour for LNK today with Jack yes. and friends. I'm so happy. So we will. Uh, we'll see. We will see. We have already people like. Yeah, I know a place you can stay. Jeez, <laughs> oh, can you ride a horse? Yeah. And what, all this, all the suggestions, the- and all Jack is in here going. I'm gonna need boots. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll get to those. We'll get to those a uh, a little bit later. Uh, did you stay up and watch the excitement on the house floor Friday night? Yeah. No. Yeah. Sure did. Drama. It almost got physical at one point. Did you see that? They were, uh, you had McCarthy talking to Gates, and they were they were mad, and Bobert was sitting by Gates, and then McCarthy walked away, and some dude, some dude was kind of, I don't know if he lunged at him, but he was kind of coming towards him, and another guy thought, I don't know what he thought, he thought that he was about to physically do something to him, so he grabs the guy from behind to hold him back, but he grabbed him by the face? Have you seen this? He didn't. It was not. It was not like if somebody's lunging at somebody. Your your first thought, I think, that and you're going to hold them back from fighting, and you're behind them is sort of like bear hug them from yeah. behind. I thought, who does that? What what that other guy did? He instead took took his hand and wrapped it around his face, <laughs> grabbed over his eyes and nose and mouth and pulled him back like that. That's the move I use when my toddler daughter is running running away from me and has something in her mouth and I need to see how quickly we can remove that. Yeah, I do that with my dog all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't do that to a uh, someone in Congress. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, so they're going to put all of that behind them uh because if you if you somehow missed it and and I can kind of understand if you did if you somehow missed it they finally did get the votes for Kevin McCarthy to be the uh to be the speaker of the house so now they are past all that they actually reconvene and uh get things going here today tomorrow's going to be a test on how well the republican majority can work together moving forward a vote is scheduled on the new rules package congressman jim jordan saying today on fox news sunday that he believes it will pass adding that the dramatic differences that played out during this eventually five day long speaker vote has only strengthened the party republican congressman tony gonzalez already stating that he will not be supporting the rules package this is due to agreements made by my House Speaker Kevin McCarthy with Freedom Caucus members who had vowed to block his speakership if he did not give in to demands. Those concessions include a cap on discretionary spending, three seats on the Rules Committee for Freedom Caucus members, and the ability to more easily oust McCarthy. House Democratic Leader Hakeem Jeffries feels a small group of Republicans have been given too much power. I, I, and listen, the, the bottom line of this thing is, I mean, you know, it did. It followed the... 
It followed the rules that have been set up for this. There was quid pro quo. There was discussion. There was negotiation. There was compromise. And everybody got a a little bit of what they wanted, but not everything that they wanted, which sometimes that's, you know, it's... You, you sometimes you look at it, and, and some people looked at this and said, this is everything that's wrong with Washington. But sometimes people say everything that's wrong with Washington is that there's no more there's no more actual drawn-out discussion and compromise, you know, kind of the, the art of legislating mm-hmm. anymore, that that doesn't exist. Well, in, in some ways, that's, that's kind of what happened over the course of the period of time uh, that it took last week. And... and and it took what what was it fourteen votes whatever the number of of votes that it ended up being, but McCarthy apparently gave up enough concessions about what this next uh, session is going to look like exactly for the House that he was able to get those who said they would never vote for him to at least vote present, and that actually then decreased the the threshold of votes that he needed to get. And he was able to uh, able to do that. So he goes forward, and the House gets going with their business now. Meanwhile, in the executive branch, the president spent part of the weekend at the border in Texas and uh, had some questions asked, got some criticism as well uh, for the timing and the length of the trip as well. The president had many questions for border agents at his stop in El Paso, mere feet from Mexico. Questions on equipment and techniques helped his understanding of what happens as as migrants cross into the U.S. This was his first trip to the border as president and has been widely criticized by political opponents like Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott as being too little too late. The political divide sees Democrats blaming persecution as the reason for increased migration. Many Republicans have called it an invasion from the South. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. I mean, I, I think there's... There is some validity in a in a critique. No matter where you are on on the policies that go along with this, um, it does make sense to be very familiar with what's going on there. To be, um, I mean, it is a it is a major policy issue right now. No matter where you stand on it, it's a major policy issue. Um, and 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 in order to, I think, navigate it particularly well, I think it does make a lot of sense to to be intimately familiar with exactly what is happening and not just and not just be, you know, getting reports on what's happening exactly. So I think they're yeah, I I I think whoever right now is is a policy and I, that probably goes for other policies as well, but this is one where I think in particular just kind of being on the ground there, seeing it, understanding it, talking to people could go a long way in and again, it doesn't mean that you're he's going to come out or anybody's going to come out uh, with policy position that's exactly like yours or mine. Uh, but at least it does say, hey, I'm I'm interested enough in it and understanding it that it's not just going to be a cursory thing thing way down the road here. Um, so anyway, uh, and then there's this. See what happened in Brazil yesterday? Yikes. They had their own January 6th in Brazil. Oh, for real? Yeah. So uh, 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 Bolsonaro, who is the uh, former chief executive in Brazil, was voted out. They re- they elected someone else. And his supporters uh, were mad. And, well, I'll just let, uh, I'll let Jonathan Savage explain what happened. The presidential palace, Congress, and the Supreme Court. 
ball targeted by masses of yellow and green clad supporters of the former far right president Jair Bolsonaro. We want to save the country, said this woman as she was taken into custody with around 400 others, but not before invaders initially overwhelmed security forces, causing massive damage. President Lula declaring emergency powers and deploying the National Guard. He's vowing to find out who supported and financed the uprising. They will have to pay the price, was his warning. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. Wow. All right. A lot of a uh, lot of parallelism there uh, between a couple of a uh, couple of different nations there. Um, all right, moving out of politics. Uh, so this was cool yesterday. I was actually watching it live. Uh, we get it got back into an NFL weekend uh, after, of course, everything was was focused correctly so on Demar Hamlin and his health and and just kind of the the drama of that entire situation, but. Uh, he saw some really miraculous improvement during the course of this week. Uh, it felt a little more okay to enjoy and get into football. Um, but I think everybody kind of wondered, especially with, with his teammates, with that whole situation, mm-hmm. what was that going to be like um, for them? And they were also playing in a game that had big playoff implications for both teams. And then it started in a way that, <laughs> I mean... It was amazing. It, it was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Hollywood couldn't have come up with a better script for the Bills' return to the football field. And down the sideline he goes! This is storybook! Courtesy CBS, Naheem Hines' opening kickoff return for a touchdown sparked a 35-23 Buffalo win over New England. Watching from his hospital bed in Cincinnati, Hamlin tweeted OMFG with exclamation points. Mm-hmm. After the game, head coach Sean McDermott and quarterback Josh Allen spoke about the moment. By the way the week's gone, and then for that to happen, it was like, you know, to God be the glory, number one, and then just like, what else? It's been three years and three months. <sighs> Since the last kickoff return, so it's pretty cool. The win clinches the second seed in the AFC, but if the Bills face Kansas City in the AFC Championship, the game will be played at a neutral site. Buffalo opens the playoffs next week at home against Miami. Tim McMaster, Fox News. Well, and it was, they're highlighting the number three. That was DeMar, is DeMar Hamlin's number. The second kickoff return later in the game, 3.03 p.m. Oh, really? And by the way, the Patriots hadn't given a kickoff return up for a touchdown. I've, somebody had the stat yesterday, and I'm going to fail it because I don't remember the exact date. But that's a that's a pretty good defensive and special teams historically yes. team under Bill Belichick, and they hadn't given up a, a, any kick returns for touchdowns in like years, mm-hmm. and they gave up two in the <laughs> two in the same game on uh, on that one. But that that scene during the first one was just that was crazy. I mean, and, that place and, was. Bonkers. The, the only thing I would have I would changed about it that just the only thing I would have changed about it is he 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 runs he gets in the end zone Naheem Hines does uh, and he jumps he kind of does the Lambo leap thing it jumps right into the fans um, and it was just a cool spontaneous moment but one of the fans that like caught him and was holding him up was wearing a Steelers jersey <laughs> it was to, it was, the, it was a Bills, Bills Patriots game. game he's wearing a Steelers jersey like. Yeah, he likes football, but you? not those teams. I guess he was there to cheer for the Bills because the Bills needed the Steelers needed the Patriots to lose oh, to potentially get into interesting the, in, to get into the playoffs. 
And they also needed the Dolphins to lose, but the Dolphins didn't lose. So the NFL playoffs are now set. Yeah. Um, well, and you had, you had another situation yesterday where you had the, uh, the Lions were eliminated bef- right before their game. Right. And then they went out and said, no, we're here to make sure they don't get in and they beat the pack. I went, I, I went to bed before the Lions, uh, last possession. I wish I had, st- I just read through the plays afterwards. They were playing like they had nothing to lose. They must have run some kind of a hook and ladder. Yes. Uh, when they were running the clock out, I mean, it was crazy. Well, but. they were running trick plays early in the game, and they're like, "Yeah, we're here to have fun." Yeah, um, <laughs> and so, so your AFC is Chargers at Jaguars on Saturday, Dolphins at Bills on Sunday, Ravens at Bengals also on Sunday. Your NFC is uh, Seahawks at Forty ers on Saturday, Giants at Vikings on Sunday, and then Monday Night Football, which they added to the playoffs now, is going to be Cow- uh, Cowboys and Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Of course, you got Tom Brady and the Cowboys. You put that at prime time, yeah, on Monday night. Uh, well, we're doing this again with a lottery, I guess, guys. Now it's time to play, baby. Time for Caleb <laughs> to play because we have hit the b- 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 billion dollar mark. You get another chance at a monster mega millions jackpot after no one won Friday night's drawing for $940 million. That grand prize rolls over to Tuesday for an estimated $1.1 billion or a cash option of about $569 million. That makes it the fifth largest jackpot in U.S. history and the third largest for Mega Millions. <laughs> Carmen Roberts, Fox News. And, and the second largest in a month. <laughs> yeah, there's I know. There's just second. And so you've got Powerball, you've got Mega Millions. At what point do we start the once a week the super mega millions, and you just started at a billion. I don't know. I think that needs to be funded. You make the odds incredibly low. <laughs> okay. All right. But if you just did that every Sunday night, people will play. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, all right. A couple other things that I want to get to. Uh, if you have, you know, in terms of, I, I, it, it, it's, it's interesting with restaurant apps, especially like, big national chain restaurant apps, because some of them are great. Like, I would say, personally for me, and I don't have a ton of them, but Chipotle's is fantastic. Okay. Their, theirs is great. I've heard people say Taco Bell's is really good. I don't know about McDonald's. I haven't used that. I don't have any restaurant apps. Really? Chipotle's great. If you, if you, I mean, if you go there. Other people have said Chick-fil-A's is great. I don't have Chick-fil-A's, but if you do have Chick-fil-A's, and use it, you might want to check on your uh, your information. Somebody hacked the crap out of it. Chick-fil-A is asking anyone who uses their mobile app to update their password after some users reported fraudulent activity. The chicken sandwich chain released a statement after customers posted messages to a community Facebook page in the Atlanta area where Chick-fil-A is headquartered. The company says it's investigating to determine the source of the issue and is taking steps to secure affected accounts and enhance its security protocols. Chick-fil-A assured customers that the suspicious activity is not due to a compromise of internal systems. Richard Jordan, Fox News. The thing to watch out for on a lot of these apps, besides somebody hacking the crap out of it, is with some of them, and I remember seeing this, this probably would have been a month ago, so I can't remember if this was for the calendar year 2022 or, or if this was for what time period, but like the Starbucks app, you can preload it with money, so when you have your order, it just pulls out of there. Well, when you do that, you're effectively giving that business an interest-free loan. Starbucks got $2.5 billion in what's effectively an interest-free loan, and they 
Basically some, using it like a bank account, but keeping the interest. Yeah, yeah and some people forget to use all of right. it. I'm telling you what. Don't preload your stuff. Uh, the, the, people forgetting that they are paying for something or have given someone money gift cards. is such a major source of of revenue for so many places right now. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, gift cards as well. Uh, same exact thing. Is that it's just. Uh, and you can never, I guess, take those gift cards off your books, or, or same with the um, with the thing that you were talking about there. But well, how many times forgotten subscriptions? I can, can you? I'd be interesting if there was a study. I don't know how you do it exactly, but just find out, you know, how many millions, billions of dollars are spent in forgotten, unused subscriptions every year. Like, well, ju- just things. for instance, in town, if you've got a subscription to a car wash, how often do you have somebody not come in over the course of a month? Right, and you just got twenty, thirty bucks from them. Right. But also on like the gift cards part, if or, someone gives you a, a $10 gift card and you go through and you get a coffee, whatever, six, seven, eight bucks, and you've got a couple bucks left over, yeah, and, you just, and then you just forget to ever use those yeah. last couple dollars, yeah. that adds up over well, the and course even, of time. It's just like little stupid things. Like we realized we when my when my son played baseball, there was an app you could subscribe to that you could get the results of yeah. the, the live results I of the games that. and stuff. It's called Game Changer, and mm-hmm. we realized and we realized the other day. I was like, oh, my wife he hasn't been pay- playing baseball for over a year, and we've been <laughs> paying for that for a year. Yeah, You're just stupid crap like mm-hmm. that all the time. Uh, all right, let's see. We have one more. Yeah, well, let's do. Uh, how about we take a look at the weekend box office? Yes, we know Avatar, right? <laughs> Avatar, but what else? Avatar: The Way of Water, number one again, selling forty-five million dollars worth of tickets in North America. The way of water connects all things before your birth and after your death. It's now the seventh biggest movie of all time worldwide. The evil doll horror flick Megan debuts with a better than expected 30.2 million in ticket sales to claim the number two spot. In third place, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, Universal's animated sequel with just over 13 million in ticket sales. Kathleen Maloney, Fox News. So I saw that trailer for Megan before my wife, Megan, did. Yeah. And I showed her, I said, hey, do you want to do you want to watch this trailer? And it starts out and everything's nice. She's like, oh, do you think we should we should go watch this? And I said, keep watching. It's about to get real dark. Real, they real call, dark. They, I don't know why. I don't know hardly anything about it. I just read a headline that said, this is the horror movie for the TikTok generation, whatever that means. So yes. Apparently. I'm not watching Megan it. Megan does all her uh, terror in uh, periods of like 30 seconds or something. I don't know. And then dan- like does a Fortnite dance on their body. Flips, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all right. It's 656. <laughs> we'll take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're... You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. By the way, I forgot to mention this at the outset. We got a uh, concert announcement. We can't. We got the lid on us until uh, just about when the show ends, so just before 9 a.m., so listen to the end of the show if you want to hear uh, about an area concert announcement that is coming up. Uh, we got a lot of text we need to go through. We were doing some of the discussions about what our summer 2023 rural tour for LNK Today with Jack and Friends might look like, and we've got a lot of ideas already. Not surprisingly. I think you guys all just want to see me suffer is what it really is. But 
We can get into a few of those here coming up. Love the morning drive. We're going to count down the five things that we're talking about today. Dirk Chatlin is going to join us a little bit later as well. So that's all coming up right now. We've got 35 degrees, as you heard, headed toward a beautiful day. High of uh, 55. A lot of 50s coming your way over the next week and a half. It is 7 o'clock on KLI in Lincoln. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome back. 35 degrees in the capital city. Not bad if you have the uh, early morning dog walking or jogging duty outside. We got... A little breeze out of the south at 7 miles an hour. It's going to stay right about there throughout the day. And uh yeah, looks like we're going to be looks like we're going to be getting into the 50s today. Uh and and I look at the 10-day, I see 50s today. I see 50s Tuesday, I see 50s Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. So, you've got only what a 3-day period there out of out of 10. Uh, where you don't have 50s, a little cool down on Thursday and Friday of this week, but still you're talking mid-30s for high, so not bad at all uh, as we are into January and getting into, as we talked with Dr. Ken Dewey, uh, on average, the coldest couple of weeks on the year, usually. Once you, get to, once you get to late in January, that average temperature actually starts going up again, so the days are getting longer, won't be long, and the average temperature will be, uh, will be going up. At least historic average temperature will be going up as well, so uh, we'll uh, we'll take it for now. Uh, all right, so a little earlier in the show, we got into we got into a conversation. It was it, it had to do with a Facebook post that Caleb found where it uh, it assigned a town in Nebraska to each of the characters from Yellowstone, which is a show that I watch. You don't have to watch it to get what we're talking about, but I I watch it as well. And then that got us back talking again. Um, as has been suggested by some that, uh, that (laughs) I need to be, uh, I need to have a learning experience essentially in places in Nebraska that aren't Lincoln, um, a rural tour, if you will, a a rural tour. And, and Caleb and I have talked, uh, in fact, I remember, uh, right after, uh, right after I was at your wedding, Caleb, I had some conversations with some of the people at your reception and. Uh, said that we were thinking about doing this, and they were very excited about the potential of of this happening. <laughs> yeah, my family being from, well, my my uncle, uh, my aunt and uncle, and then like my cousins, they grew up on a farm just outside of Fremont. Now, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not clear out west, but that's still living a more ag life, right? Uh, than than what is East Lincoln. Me being from a town of a thousand, my sister and brother in law living on a farm outside of Ainsworth. My youngest sister currently living in Wyoming. Yes, right. So everybody's very excited about it. I think everybody's kind of excited about it. I think everybody kind of wants to see me uh the fish out of water thing with me and and okay and i'm sure it would be it'd be beneficial it'd be an enriching experience it's also for me. fun to highlight our state right and uh yeah and, and and so we have uh 
we, we, Caleb and I have kind of are putting together sort of a working plan proposal to do this. Uh, and we had a lot of suggestions. We had a lot of suggestions. We would love to be able to do this this summer. And, and, uh, the idea is, you know, kind of take off, take off uh, at the, on a weekend, uh, and then start what? Do the show, Caleb, and then drive, you know, during the day. And uh, show up in town late in the late in the afternoon into the evening. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a good good feel the activities the the nightlife I guess whatever, <laughs> um, and then uh, wake up the next morning do the show in that town wherever we can do it and then head out and go to the next one. And so if we would get something like that, uh, if we would get something like that going, okay, I I think we would uh, we need a. I mean, I th- think we'd need a, maybe an RV. I, obviously, oh, we probably. would. Probably. Um, and then we would get, you know, management have to okay this thing. But I think we could maybe make some of that happen. Um, we were talking about what, where we should go slash what I or we should do if this would happen. And so I'm curious what people think about that. What do we have on the text line that people have said so far? So Caleb? text line we've had come in. Ben says Dawson County Rodeo. Dawson County. Okay, I got to look up when that Lexington, is. Lexington, oh, by the way. I kind of have some allergies now. How are we going to deal with that? Some like animal, some animal, like my. You want to know how we're going to deal with that? How's that? Zyrtec. <laughs> I don't think Zyrtec. It's not those type oh. of allergies. It's like uh, I need an inhaler type so, situation. So, like, wait a minute. So, what kinds of animals? Just like cats? D- horses. Horses. Cats and horses are the worst. Okay. Cats and horses are pretty bad. Uh, the county fair ooh, is July 8th through 16th. That's just when you get back. That's just when I get back from <laughs> Italy. <laughs> hey, welcome back from Italy. We're going to take you to Lexington. <laughs> yeah, that's July. Well, I mean, that's kind of what we're going to. This is pro- This would probably have to be in July or August. So we probably would be in some pretty. Well, theoretically, pri- we could do it earlier in June. Yeah, that'd be tough. I th- I mean, if we're in July and August, we'd be in prime county fair season anyway. That's though. right. Yeah. But here's the thing. I was hoping to. Now, I like what you're saying, so this might not be an option. Well, but this, is an, this is brainstorming okay. right now. So I would like okay. to, before we get to the rest of the text here, because yes. there are some great ones on here. Polish days is the first weekend of June. Okay. So we could hit Polish days on the way out to wherever Which we is start. Where? Loop City. Oh, in Loop City. My hometown. Oh, you're just being biased toward your own hometown. So, now no, for no, no, no. So we could hit Polish Days on that Saturday, okay. break up the drive that is forever into the Panhandle, because I'm assuming our very first stop is going to be Panhandle and we work east, right? Maybe. I don't know. That's that's a possibility. I don't know. Now, Polish Days, I think I could... That's mainly eating and drinking, right? Yes. That, that does not intimidate Depending me. on what time we got there, we could get some cornhole in. Yeah, okay, that does not intimidate Car- me. Carnival rides. This sounds very... Okay, well... Uh, po- we could we could listen to the Shalasky Brothers, play us a little music, beer that, garden. That sounds that's that all sounds good to me. <laughs> I got no problem with that. But the you know the Dawson County, uh, well that was a county fair. Maybe they have rodeos other times there. So Dawson County, oh it, well, the county fair rodeo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So another one that's on here, Gryffindor Steph says, if you can ride, and I know you just talked about. Allergies. I mean, um, well, I, even says, even without my, I, what does it mean? Can I ride? What is it? What, <laughs> what like a Harley? What, what, 
I mean, do we th- do we get the concept of this whole thing? It's not that it's not that I want to go show off my horse riding skills. Um, that so, I've <laughs> Steph says I know a working ranch in Valentine. Nice. All right. Can I stay in the bunkhouse with the guy? Do all the do all the do all the ranch hands play poker and and drink whiskey and play and somebody strum the guitar all night long? Because I'd like that. If they that's can. True. If we can sure could we can. make that happen? Oh, uh, by the way, the Burwell Rodeo is July 26 through 29. That's the big rodeo. Yeah. Nebraska's if we're big lo- uh, that one I know about. The Burwell is 20 July 26. Well, that's because out of everything that happens like west of Lincoln, that's probably one that Governor Ricketts talked about the most. Right. So, uh, just just put that on our potential list. Okay, what else do we Panhandle have? Steve would like to see us team up with Nebraska Farm Bureau Foundation. Go ahead and get a hold of us, guys, if you want to sponsor Call this. Call me. Um, Chris Nolatha said that, oh, this was from an earlier conversation about Yellowstone, but he said he had Beth Dutton in his top five for Husker football coach last fall. <laughs> uh, Wildcat Martin would like you to do the Sherman Howard County tour. Sherman. Now, here's the thing is I don't think we can do all of this necessarily in a day. Um, he says you go up to St. Paul. You visit the Nebraska Museum of Major Leaguers. Oh, wait, this is your home, right? This is my, my area. Sher- Loop yeah, City's Sher- in yeah. Sherman. Yeah, Sherman's just, my area. Not that I Googled it and looked it up, but I see Loop City is the county seat of Sherman County. Yeah, so he, he wants us to go to St. Paul, visit the Nebraska Museum of Major Leaguers, go up 281 to a winery. Oh, there um, we go. Okay. Go through the rolling hills to Walbach. <laughs> Nobody wants to go there or Greeley. Stop it. Um, <laughs> I, don't, turn left, I don't get this. Turn left, go to North Loop, to the popcorn capital of Nebraska. Then you go to Loop City, enjoy a bush light at Sherman Dam. Again, the eating and drinking sounds fantastic so uh, far. Back to uh, Dana Brog for uh, one of the best bakeries in Nebraska. That all sounds pretty good. Uh, Asterisk James says put Seward on the tour for the 4th of July celebration. I'm not going to be here for the July, so I can't do that. Sorry. That also feels too close. Yeah, Seward. Yeah. I've been in Seward. I've been to Seward a lot. That feels like even stuff that I know would be rural within like an hour. Seward's basically urban compared to what I want to do. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Chicken Rich says, start in Shadron area. Yeah. Hit uh, Toadstool Park or Museum of Fur Trade at Fort Robinson. Fort Robinson, fantastic place. Uh, I rode a horse once named Peanut Butter. Okay. Drive by Carhenge. I've been to Carhenge. I've actually been to Carhenge. Uh, so. Scotts Bluff National Monument and uh, Lake McConaughey. Okay. Once that that all sounds that. like that kind of sounds like a vacation. I got da- that. Dakota says the Comstock Windmill Festival. That's for uh, three days in July, Comstock, Nebraska. Let's see when big, that is. Big country music festival. Oh, we got to listen to country music. I don't think you have to. Like you can just be like, "Well, we're here." That's June eighth through tenth. So that would be that would go if we did the uh, the earlier. If we did the earlier, the one that involves Polish days. Uh, one T Mateo says to hit up Scratchtown Brewery in Ord on your way to the Burwell can Rodeo. Do. Can do. There's a really good Mexican restaurant in Ord. Like I, fun, Like so, there are in a lot of these towns. So Ord is. 25 30 minutes from loop city my parents on a wednesday night will drive to ord to get really? go to that mexican restaurant it's so good i'm gonna, the food part of this is exciting me i mean this is well yeah that, we obviously you have to try the out food the, the, part, the food and drink part of this sounds just fantastic nothing against our friends at like runza who are probably in like all of these towns 
We're right. probably not stopping there a lot. No, no, no. I want local flair. Yes. But but that that's not like that's not the fish out of water type situation no. for me, really. Uh Daryl says check days, which are August third through the sixth in the Czech capital of the United States, which is Wilbur, Nebraska. Yeah, we could go we could do that and go to Wilbur instead if we couldn't do Polish days. That still feels too close. Yeah, that's pretty close. That, you that, get hit that on the way back. OG Steven, Nebraska Land Days, North Platte. When's that? I don't well, know. I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> I, I haven't Googled all of these. I'm reading them from the I thought, tech, I thought, you, I thought you guys knew this line. kind of stuff. I thought you just knew this sort of stuff. 1T Brett says the Swedish festival in Stromsburg. Now, Stromsburg's just small enough for you. Oh, I can't do Nebraska Land Days. Uh, June 17th, 18th, 19th. Yeah, I'll be out. I'll be out, of, out for that one and out for Nebraska Land Days. Sorry. Shelly says the 2023 Old West Balloon Fest. In Scotts Wait, Bluff. Like hot air balloons? Yeah, mid-August. Uh, okay. Or Scotts Bluff for Oregon Trail Days mid-July. Chimney Rock and Scotts Bluff National Monument. Head up to Crawford and Fort Robinson. Stops in Shadron and Hemingford. I, okay. called a, I called a football game in Hemingford a few years ago. I, I feel like we need to get me on an actual ranch, right? And like saddling horses or something. Yes. And... Cleaning out the barns or something. Dealer Dave has a different idea. Milking for you. cows, right? Uh, d- just some of the. I mean, I need. I need to get the real. I need to get where's the real he- experience. I'm ready. I'm ready. Where's Havoc and Dairy at? I don't know. We can milk cows there, right? I don't know. Millard. <laughs> R.I.P. Um, so, Dealer Dave's idea is for you to come out to Branched Oak. Yes. Get, that I, get drunk and ride jet skis with me. <laughs> That's my rural tour. <laughs> wow. Um, I'll go to Branch. I've been to Branch Stoke before. That would not be. One uh, T. Brett is talking about uh, his hometown's Battle Creek. That's near Norfolk. Okay. Um, so it's got a yeah, cool do we downtown get up, area. Do we Johnny need to get Carson up to the music. north and northeast, or do we just need to get west? I mean. It, it depends on our route, I guess. Because if we go, let's say... Let's say we went out to the Panhandle. I'm just going to pick towns. Let's say we went out to like Scotts Bluff. Mm-hmm. Okay, from there, do we do we go up to Shadron or do we go to Valentine? Because if if we immediately go on the northern side, we're not going to then drive all the way south to Holdridge, south of the Tri City right. area. We only have if, if in in theory, if we did this for a week, we would only have you know five. Five-ish. So who knows? Maybe, days. maybe maybe we end up in or Bloomfield. Five stops. Or, we or, can hit places in the or Hardington or Wakefield or Wayne. That's I, mean, I do think we need to I hit Loop there. City on the. I mean, I do think we need to hit Loop City no matter what at some point. Yeah, so even, even see, if it's not even if it's not Polish days. There now yeah, there should be a sign at least on the way into town. Maybe my name on the water tower. Do I have to wear a cowboy hat all the time? You don't have to, but should I? I absolutely you should. I really I really want a cowboy hat. And I would like, um, I would like boots. I don't have cowboy boots. I would like. We got to get you a big belt buckle. Do they have like low top cowboy boots though? Those look hard to get on. The tall ones, <laughs> or like ones with zippers down the side. Oh, we can get you some zip up, <laughs> some zip up cowboy boots. That'd be easier. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, Brad and Fox Hollow says my wife's relatives are all from the Loop City, Ord, Arcadia. Um, all that area, salt of the earth, folks out there. You should do fall festival in Arcadia Labor Day weekend. 
That's a Husker football game. Yeah, sorry. Not, we're not doing that. Uh, OG Stevens is milking a cow. Yeah, I probably need to do that. I probably need to milk a cow. Yeah. I'm not like I'm not like processing a cow though, just FYI. That No no AI if, for you? If Kellen were still here, he'd try and make me do that. Yeah. No no putting the gloves up to the elbow? I don't know what that. Yeah, and I'm not birthing a calf. Yes. <laughs> no, so. we can I think a big part of this should be where can Maybe we... I should do some gun shooting though. Do that out in Scott's Bluff for sure. Do some gun shooting. I haven't done that for a long time. We'll we'll stop by. We'll swing across the the northern part of the state, and we'll stop by my sister and, and brother in law's place. And sure, he's got some guns. <laughs> cool. But yeah, let's stop in Loop City on the way out. Okay. Get start start somewhere in the Panhandle. Figure out a route back. Okay, that's fine. I want I want to see some like I want to show you cool like you've been to some places, but I want to show you some small town stuff that you probably haven't seen before. Some good places to eat that are the. the I feel like every morning we're gonna have like like chicken fried steak and gravy and biscuits for breakfast. Prime rib lunch, egg. Yeah, exactly. That's the sort of thing that I'm imagining here. Exactly, and and burgers that were processed the day before. Right, (laughs) Right, exactly. Great. Yeah, burgers for snacks. (laughs) Right, and then we we've got some like. Locally made whiskey or something that we're sipping on during the day, usually. Just bags of fresh jerky. Yeah. <laughs> that's the part that's going to, I mean, that's the part that's going to. We're going to gain 15 pounds on yeah, this. Yeah, I know. Trip. I know. All right. So we'll uh, keep taking your ideas. We need to put our pitch together to uh, to management to make this happen. But I think, you could, I think we could do it. Yeah. I think we could do it. We just got to gotta see who wants us. We got to see. Uh, where we can go and uh, what which places have the best kind of culture for me to soak in. Oh yes, we're gonna culture the heck out of it. Finally, I'll be a cultured <laughs> radio host after all these years. All right, seven twenty six it's Alan K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get this thing going, shall we? Count them down, starting today with... Number five. A 3,500 Nebraskans dined, danced, and celebrated the state's new governor Saturday evening. Took place at the CHI Health Center Convention Hall downtown Omaha. Governor Pillen's inaugural ball attracted former governors, U.S. Senators, including Ben Nelson and Mike Johans. All three members of the current congressional delegation attended... uh, uh, Senator Deb Fisher and Representatives Don Bacon, Mike Flood, and Adrian Smith. All Ball, four of them. Yeah, all four of them. Yeah, yes. that's right. Uh, actually, four out of the five because Ben Sass wasn't there, but it was uh, his next to last day in office. So. Right. The ball attracted state senators from both parties, Suzanne Geis, Steve Erdman, Terrell McKinney, Tony Barkas, and a whole lot more. And by the way, the entree, entree to what Pete Ricketts had, which was beef, steak, and pork. 
Yeah, I saw that. I got I got the menu. I got my hands on the menu here. Uh, French bone-in center-cut pork loins. They came from Holstone Farms in Fremont. How do we think about what do we think about center-cut pork? pork bone-in center-cut pork loin. Shops? Anything bone-in has got to be good. That'll be good. I would yeah. think so. But how do you? Going to be honest, I show up at that. I'm a little disappointed if there's not beef. Okay, I'm not. not yeah, what? you listen. I'm I'm putting. I'm putting down what 75 75 bucks, 100 bucks to get my ticket to this thing. I'm probably going to, you know, I'm probably going to maybe mention like, corner of the governor at some point and just say, "Hey, when you get reelected, if you get reelected, let's do beef, okay?" There's like, not 100 bucks. Not happening. <laughs> not happening. Come on. I know I know I know the the interests involved here, and Come I know on. It, the history. Involved, it is the beef state. Yeah, I mean, you, honestly, I I wouldn't be opposed to a law that says the inaugural ball has to be beef centric. <laughs> it would get vetoed. I guarantee by, by be big a, pork. Yes. Sad. Yes. Hey, I think the unicamel's got the votes. We can override this, baby. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're going. Con- well, let's get a ballot initiative going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> beef only at the. Uh, It'll be one of about twenty or like, twenty-five. No, like in all, okay, in all seriousness, let me say this: Who is ever choosing a pork chop over a steak? It, like, is there anyone in their right mind listening right now that if you get a chance of a, a you, you get a choice of a locally produced quality piece of meat in both situations, okay. and you can either get a pork chop or unless you've got some kind of an allergy or something that prevents you. Nine, I bet ninety percent of people, ninety-five percent of people are picking the steak. Come on, right? Yeah. Do you just do you agree with that, Mark? Uh, probably. Yeah. But I'll tell you something. A really good pork chop is really, really good. So hard. To Brad do. Fox Hollow says an Iowa. That's a that's what you have for the Iowa governor is what that's what that's for. Well, yeah, that's that's Kim Reynolds. Well, thing. You see this, I, I'm sh- the pork chops here though are are not Iowa chops; they're Husker chops. Yeah, and and you know they, that, they just taste so much better. I think that's part of the reason why I've got you, you know we uh, we actually served my rehearsal dinner that we had we it was in Iowa when I got married. We had Iowa chops that were served there and. They were good. They were uh-huh. they were fine. But I remember thinking I was just like, I don't know that some they get really excited about pork chops in this state in a way that I just can't. That I ju- I just don't have that in me. Yes, there are some really good pork chops, but man, there's just not n- not nearly the amount of times have you sat down with a great steak and reacted the same way that you do to a great pork chop. So, I can be more listen, disappointed by a steak that's that's not cooked well, than a though. pork chop. Then a that's, bad pork chop? That's it's not cooked well. Right. But how about a pork chop that's not cooked well? You might as well be well, chewing I, on I, I grew up <laughs> I, I grew up in the time when anything pork was was, was tough. A, a bird offering. Yeah. I mean, and it had nothing so, to do with it. That's the, part of the reason is I just assume it's gonna be so tough. Uh, uh, by the way, they also had tricolor roasted potatoes. Okay. That was from uh, CSS Farms in Columbus. Governors from that area. Um and they didn't say what else. That's all I had. Did they drink milk from Heaven and Dairy? <laughs> big each everybody everybody in there got a big glass of milk. A big a big sixty four ounce tumbler of milk. Which is 
that the, the Hevigan Beef Farm has got to be one of your stops on your tour. Can you all imagine all those people in their ball gowns and everything and their tuxes just hammering a big a big glass of milk with their dinner? That'd be I'm, awesome. It's going to look like all those school posters right. that got milk, got milk posters. <laughs> well, here's Trev Alberts with a big old milk mustache. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. That's enough. <laughs> Don't serve. Pork. If, listen, I'll I'll say it now. If and when I become governor, I will not serve pork chops. I will not pork, serve pork chops for anything. Right? It depends on who's paying the bill. I might even go like pork tenderloin before I do that. Before I do a bone-in. Pork well, they, chop. they did a pork loin. I so. know that's different. That's I don't. Wanna, I'm not going to tell you how to butcher a pig, Mark. Right now, I don't have the time, but <laughs> <laughs> those are different. Or cut- the resources. Those are different. I don't have the time nor the resources, but that's a different cut of meat. Okay, and it's I'll explain. It's a great you don't get it. It's- you don't get it, Mister Ag Hall of Fame member. <laughs> Jeez. Mark's in there like you can kiss my ass. Me lecturing Mark on how to how to butcher a a pig was not what I expected having happen. Today. Especially when we're talking about the governor's inaugural ball. Number four. Bill introduced in the Nebraska legislature would take a page from other states and the federal government that would cap the monthly cost of insulin. Uh, bill introduced by Senator Tom Breezy of Albion, capping insulin costs of those pre- privately insured at a hundred dollars a month. Similar caps uh, in other states go from 25 to 100. Uh, this um, this month, Medicare recipients will see their insulin cost capped at 35 a month. That's part of the Inflation Reduction Act that was signed into law last year. Well, so like 22 states have done this, although some of them only cover people with state-issued health insurance plans. So, as in as in state employees and and those sorts of things. Um, but insulin, like insulin's been around around for a hundred years, guys, and it's it's so expensive right now because you've got kind of a complicated supply chain at this point, um, and you know only a few companies that actually make it as well. Now, I I do understand that there is a like a generic version that is expected to come out here in the next year or so, which hopefully might be a bit of a game changer on this whole thing. Um, but, it, it, I mean, I don't know if this is the answer, but you, when you've got like 14% of people who have to use insulin or they die, that they've got what they would describe as a catastrophic level of spending on the medication. Meaning, essentially, after they pay for essentials, food, housing, they spend at least 40% of their remaining income on insulin. So that's crazy. Uh, on this. Some of the other things that states have done is ha- they provided for emergency 30-day supplies of insulin that patients can get for 35 bucks on a one-time basis. That's also been looked le- looked at as well. And of course, the counter-argument to this is, well, the price is going up. Somebody's still paying for this. Is this going to mean insurance? That means insurance prices go up? Or where does this end up raising prices somewhere else? On this whole thing, and so that's or the, do they do they cap this. it and make it so that they just say, hey, hey, we're not making it anymore. We can't make any money at it. We're not making it. Well, yeah, or or maybe something like that. Now, again, hopefully this is getting better. With a, as I understand it, a kind of a generic option would, coming onto the market for this whole thing. But yeah, it's three. Com- it's basically three companies that do this. It would seem like if it's been around for a hundred years, it'd be right. generic already. I, I know, right? And I so I don't. Luckily, you know. 
I don't have direct experience with this. That said, I do, in a somewhat related thing, I've got a a son who's got a very bad nut allergy, um, tree nut, peanut allergy. And so he always has to have a new EpiPen, like every time he does, the school year, every time he does anything. There's been the same sort of like price craziness on those, Yeah, that's where that one guy went to prison. Ridiculous. Uh, for for some of those things, so but the, that, the, the alternative isn't good. No, you gotta have. I mean, we've never used one yet. Yeah, we bought. Have it. Yet we bought. I don't know how many of them. It's too bad. Probably they bought don't thirty, have a, forty of them. It's too bad they don't have a longer shelf life. Yeah, that's part of the problem. Yeah. Number three, uh, outgoing senator. Well, he's gone now. Uh, ben Sass left office yesterday. He'll be the University of Florida's new president. Says he knows he may be remembered more for his criticism of former President Trump than for the policies he supported. He was a prominent critic of Trump and joined a handful of other Republicans to convict him at his second impeachment trial. Uh, But the criticisms, uh, you know, Sass was largely criticized, even censored by the uh, Republican Party. Although he voted for Trump, they did the analysis eighty-five percent of the time. But with yeah, we uh, well, we had him on the show obviously last week. He and he did the you know in a very Ben Sassy in a way. He does when he does do media, he does it at the time he wants to with everyone. <laughs> yeah, which is exactly what he did, and so um, it just so happens that. We and the papers and the, you know, I don't know about TV stations and other radio yeah, stations yeah. all came out with their with their story. It was a bit of an interesting media tour that he went on, though, because he, um, I, he, he, even for him, I thought I keep calling it his firebombing media tour, but like he really went in on, on, on the state of politics right now. Not even necessarily on, not even being just pro-conservative policy, but just like media, and then the, the crazy crazies on both sides. Essentially, I mean, I think he used that word. Um, he really went in on that, which was an was just an interesting choice to take all to, to do this media tour as you finish up, and then and and maybe it's to kind of cement a legacy, I guess, and have a final word so your legacy isn't completely defined by everyone else, but. Let me go go in there before you become. I, I mean, man, if I'm him at this point, like, I kind of just don't want to say anything anymore and I want to get on to my next job. Well, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see where he comes down politically going back into academia, which is traditionally a more, um, you know, liberal leaning um, institution. Yeah. I'm just saying it in general. Um, right. So, and, and he's a staunch conservative. So right, we'll have to see. And of course, that was one of the things that uh, had some people upset down there. Yep, Gainesville. Yeah, we'll be interesting to see. You know, kind of five years from now, if he's you know if he's still there, if he's uh, you know if he's the same, seems like the same guy that he was here at this point, and or if he's got you know more political aspirations down the line as well. Do you think you think he'll run for office again at some point? No, you really don't. No. I think I think he's back in his element. He's got job that pays way more than anything in government's going to pay him. And and if things go I, uh, like like he said in his interview with you, with the innovations and, and breakouts that they're planning in the South Florida schools and and all of that, I think he's got you know he's what fifty, I think. Yeah, he's, 50. he's a little older than me. Not much, but a little and, older and, than me. You know, I think he'll finish out his career in academia. You think so? No, I man. 
I think he'll run, but even if he does run, I think he'll be eventually, you know, maybe, a, you know, try and angle for like a, you know, a secretary. Not angle for it. That's not the right thing to say, but be in contention for maybe a cabinet membership or something like that at some point. Uh, I would be, I would be shocked if that doesn't still happen. Honestly. Well, you know, if he does a good job at University of Florida, maybe when Ron DeSantis becomes president, he would run for governor of Florida. <laughs> That'd be weird. That would be, uh, yeah, that, that would be weird. weird. But question is, does he put his poster up that he has from the, uh, <laughs> yeah. which he told me he has a poster? He, and he was at the game when Nebraska beat Florida sixty-two twenty-four. Does he put it up in his office? That would be a bold move. Yeah, uh, if you, if he you, better. I hope he does. Better do that. Yeah. What? Where? Where are you from? Otherwise, you, you ashamed of where you're from? We're taking no more calls from Ben and Fremont. That's exactly right. Ben, ben from the swamp. <laughs> is, 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 is he from the swamp now or the last eight years? <laughs> that, oh, good one. Ah. Number two. <laughs> Derek Walker scored 22, combined with Sam Graysel for nine in overtime. Nebraska took the win, 81-79 over Minnesota on the weekend. Hey! Oh, man, had to Ooh. hold on to that one. Hey, listen, any win, as as this weekend showed in the Big Ten, any win on the in the road, especially on the Big Ten, yeah, Minnesota's the worst team in the league right now. That's still big. That's still big because that keeps getting that win and then getting to two and three as opposed to one and four feels just and then coming into finally a, a, another home game here. Mm-hmm. It feels like you just again. I, I mean, I think I can I can say if if we want this season to get weird in a good way, where all of a sudden we are thinking of talking about at least into into February postseason possibilities that we didn't ever think that we'd be talking about. Nebraska's got to probably stay around or right above 500 um, in the yeah. league. In the league. So they're 2 and 3 right now, okay? With a home game coming up. You you've got to not you got to you got to hold serve at home and then if you don't hold serve, you've got to make up for it with a win on the road. Yes. I feel like they made up they made up for the Purdue quote loss. Right. And they've now they're now back to hold they're right everybody's holding serve here mm-hmm. at this point. Huge home game against Illinois. Tuesday night, and you win that, and you're at 500. I think Fred Dup equals his win total from last year. Yeah, um, which is his highest so far here in Nebraska. Um, yeah, it's a it's gonna be a huge it's gonna be a huge night. It's gonna be a uh, a huge night. PBA needs needs to be rocking again. 8 p.m. start, so people have time to you know get there. Yeah, <laughs> get well, there and, and yeah, get there, stay well into the night. You're, yeah. You're going to go down visit a restaurant before you go I'd over. Like you to. haven't done that in a while. I'd like to. We'll um, see. But the free throw shooting was better on Saturday, and that was yep. one thing that has hurt Nebraska in a couple of games. The free throw shooting was better. You saw them have to get back into the game and then hold on, but overtime was all Guys, Nebraska. Derek Walker's ridiculous. Yes. He is it, so good. It it it's it's weird how well he is out there, and I keep saying it. It's like he's got a, a, a protractor. Every angle he goes up to the backboard with, he just finds a way, even against guys that are bigger than him. And Juwan Gary finding a couple of tip dunks yep. late. Yep. I really like this team. I really like this team. You just got to avoid what happened in that first half against Michigan State. Though. Yep. That's what you worry about. But energy should not be a problem Tuesday night. No. A hundred percent. Should be good coming uh, home. I need PBA. I need you to be crazy. Hack the place. Get crazy. loud. Crazy. Can you imagine how nice it's going to be on the Haymarket tomorrow night with this weather? Oh, that's a good point, too. Ooh. 
56 tomorrow. Yeah, that's a great point. And let's hope uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena's got some of the concession stand stuff worked out from the last home game. I heard that was bad. I wasn't at the last game, but I heard it was bad. Yeah. Number one. You make your coffee at home using a Keurig. You may be owed some money. Coffee company agreed to settle a 2018 lawsuit that claimed K-Cup pods weren't recyclable, even though Keurig said they were. A lot of recycling companies wouldn't accept them. They were too small and dirty. Too difficult to clean, so they're ponying up $10 million to make it go away. <laughs> what exactly are your damages if you're the consumer who couldn't recycle you it? How does that work? You wanted to do exactly? your part for the environment so. and recycle, so you've been wronged. Yeah, too, part of it was too small that couldn't be created, but there are other brands that claim to be recycled, like that are made out of different stuff that still claim to be recycling, recyclable too. Are they not? I always wonder about that. Um, but nonetheless, thank goodness for the cure. I mean, though. how many companies you know will pay something just to make something go away rather than yeah. do what's right? Thank goodness for Keurig. Uh, I don't need Mark to come over to my house and make coffee for me on the weekends. That's nice because I just <laughs> pop one of those things in. I'm not enough. I just of a, have to remember to turn the coffee pot on at work. I'm not enough of a coffee snob to worry about if it's top quality or not. Obviously, so Keurig was a great invention. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Keurig is the top. I'm gonna say Keurig is the top ten invention in the last twenty years. Interesting. I haven't really plotted this list out. That might seem no, terrible. No, dry erase board is the most remarkable invention. Huh. Well, first of all, that wasn't in the last 20 years, I don't think. That said, having that instead of... What? Was that a... Remarkable. Oh, God. I was actually thinking about that because <laughs> as a kid, when I was in school, you know what I hated? I'm one of those people that chalk and chalkboards give me the heebie-jeebies. Like, I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about them. Ugh. Makes you want to bite my nails. We've got I, a bunch of chalk at home for Millie. I hate chalk. I hate it. Ugh. And then sometimes the teacher would write with it, and it would squeak, and it would squeak. Oh, my gosh. We had, a, we had an elementary music teacher who had long fingernails. Oh, God! Was, don't! Don't! That would shuttle, shut people down. That's so much. <laughs> if I had gone to school... In the whiteboard era, I think I would have been. I mean, I did okay as a student as it was, but I, who knows the heights I would have hit? Who knows? Point. You may have used your law degree. I might have been. <laughs> I might have been joining Ben Sass at Yale and Oxford and Harvard. You just and wanted, Lyrian. You just wanted to follow him to Gainesville. I could have been the third. I could have been the third Ivy Leaguer. You just wanted to sniff the markers. <laughs> All right, seven fifty-six. <laughs> Uh, we'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you're Chris Lofgren. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Coming up during the 8 o'clock hour of uh, Dirk Chatlin, Omaha World Herald. We haven't even gotten to this yet, but did you guys hear offensive coordinator Scott Satterfield take the uh, podium in front of Nebraska football on Friday? He was giving the Husker fans the red meat that they've been wanting for a long time. Long time. Giving us the roulade. Uh, the roulade. Fullbacks are coming back. Fullbacks, huddles, tight ends. Fullback. We should be searching for the next Nebraska fullbacks when we go out and take our rural tour. That's what we should be doing. All right, it's 8 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. Chris Ofgren. 
live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 811, welcome back to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I wish you guys hadn't gotten me uh, thinking about chalkboards and chalk. Like, I have a... Uh, an interesting science about w- what it is exactly for some people, myself included, that I just, I just get weird when I'm thinking about chalk and chalkboards and the noises and the texture and everything. The other thing like that for me, you ever been, you ever eaten with somebody who, and maybe you're the person who does this, but when you t- they take a bite of something, they really clamp down their teeth on the fork. And pull oh, it out. I hate! I can't stand oh, the I any of the, the silverware noise. really hitting each other. Yes, the noise of silverware on teeth. Um, it, some people will do that, and I, there will also be the the scraping of the silverware on a plate. Yes. Oh, what is it about that? I like. I can't handle it. I'll walk out. Or of the somebody kitchen. will cut on a knife. Oh, God. my wife knows. I'll walk out of the kitchen. Yes. Like I'll just be like, "Hey, I just need a minute." What is it in our bodies or our brains that makes that so? It's such a bizarre reaction to a really random thing. I like. But I, like, I can't handle. I feel it, it in my soul. Yes, I'm I like, do too. No. Nope. Like, look at me. I can't stop biting my nails while we're talking. <laughs> you are about so it. anxious right now. It is so weird what it does to me, and I don't understand why i just know it's very real and it's very weird <laughs> uh i was just hey, hey if you're looking for a uh a, a, a really nice uh new piece of a conversation piece maybe for your basement for your man or woman cave or your she shed i guess or or whatever that it is i saw that uh the i-80 speedway in greenwood which is they're shutting down which is uh, sad, but they're not going to be uh, doing races anymore. But when a place like that shuts down, they try and get some income off of everything that they've got right now. Mm-hmm. And so they did their last races in October. They did dirt, tra- dirt track races out there. They had been in operation for a long time. Uh, I want to say like 30 plus years that they had been in, in operation. But now you can go and you can basically go online and you can buy anything and everything that was there, okay? VIP suites, lighting systems, bleachers, track prep equipment, uh, concrete barriers for around the track, concession stand equipment, uh, playground equipment. You can get their sound system. <laughs> so they're basically okay. selling a deconstructed racetrack in this, uh, in this whole thing. So I, I'm guessing there's going to be something in one of those groups, or if you're a if you're a race fan, you could get a nice little piece of memorabilia, yeah, to uh, to keep down there. Not a bad deal. Uh, which is, uh, w- yeah, which is, not, it, and it would be like, it does make me think, like if I were able to get the ultimate, like the ultimate Lincoln or or Lincoln area, uh, uh, piece of piece of uh no longer used it when it's no longer used at some point the ultimate no longer used conversation piece to have in your home mm-hmm. or in your yard what would it be now i think the obvious the very obvious answer i think there's one very obvious i mean answer i wanted question. a couple tiles from the pershing mural but <laughs> 
The Pershing, that's not happening. That's no, no, I know. Thing. They they found something. Yeah, that, you could you could have got that. I mean, they gave when they tore up the original turf on Memorial Stadium, right? For instance, um, I don't know if they still do it when they put new field turf in, but when they took out the original AstroTurf, mm-hmm. they sold all of those right. on on plaques and all sorts of different things. No, but my thing, and this is probably well into the future, well, well, well into the future. They'll all be long gone after that. But hypothetically. If I could get the sower off the top of the Capitol, jeez, oh, <laughs> and just right in the front yard, wow! Like how big? How big would that? How tall is that sower actually? Actually, I wonder how. I have no good concept of how um, how big it would seem if I if I had it kind of as a statuary right Whoa. in front of my house. How big is You're it? You're not putting that in front of your. How house. big is it? 19 and a half feet That'd be tall. Awesome. It's okay, that would work. It's got a 12 and a half foot pedestal. That would be a sweet thing <laughs> to have in your backyard. That would fit in my backyard. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that would be so cool. Right? It, it weighs pro- nearly nine and a half tons. It would provide shade. Okay. Your already not working sprinkler system <laughs> is now crushed under the weight. You, of this. you could pro- you could maybe hang some swings from it or something for the kids. Oh my god. That's got to be the number one. That would be, you know, again, in the year, you know, 3020 or whatever when they when the when when the state capital becomes virtual. You know what the what I want to get that. What your backyard really needs. What's that? It's giant crickets. <laughs> the giant cricket outside of Tina's Cafe. <laughs> What's going on with that? The chrome grasshoppers or whatever those sorts of things are. The, I mean, that's probably... Then number two, number okay. two would be for me. So number one is the... Yeah. Number two would definitely be Leo the Lion from the zoo. The trash-eating lion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I would put that... Having that thing in the basement... Sucking up trash. What a great conversation piece. <laughs> like, or and, and I mean, you could you could you could purpose it for anything. You make it a recycle. It could be a recycling thing. I don't know if cans would fit in that, but how you, cool would that be after somebody finishes a beer and it's like right into that thing? Now that would be phenomenal, especially like if your kids have a bunch of friends over. Like, hey, hey, kids, don't 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 forget when you're right. done with your plates, take them over to Leo. Right, and maybe you could hire. The voice of Leo, who, if I am hearing it correctly, is Scott Young. It sounds like Scott's voice. <laughs> paper, paper, I love paper. You could maybe coming along with it would be some custom messages that he would record for you. I think that would be nice as well, right? Brad and Ashland has some turf in his office from the from the original uh, from the original ninety two to ninety nine. Yeah, winning his turf in college football history. That's awesome. That's very good. <laughs> uh, then the other the other thing I think I would like to have is number three is, and I should know what the building is, but the across from the building, the family, the, the sculpture of the family with the hand in the background, that everyone believes that family was at some point naked and they somehow put clothes on them. That didn't ever actually happen, but we all have that memory, and I don't quite understand it. Okay. Do you know? Do you even know what I'm talking about? Oh, like you where's don't? where's this at? Just right to the right to the north of the Capitol. Okay. Here, I'll. Uh, it's it's. I mean, just like a painting. No, it's a sculpt. It's a it's like sculpted into the side of a building. Yeah. And but there's there is a this is one of the most interesting things. There's a huge blog post 
about this. The the protecting hand is what it's called. Okay. It's on the Woodman's building. Yeah, here it is. You see it? Yeah, I've got it up here for you to see. Um, Yes, family group. But the size of this is made out of Indiana limestone. Okay, dedicated in 1955. This thing, you've never driven by that thing and noticed it on the Woodman building? You haven't? You've driven down that. I guarantee you've driven down K Street where that is hundreds of times. I guarantee I've never noticed that. That's crazy that you've never noticed some nearly naked people just right by Sir, my eyes are on the road. (laughs) There's no rubberneck in here. Yeah. The parents stand in the center. The mother holding a baby in her proper left arm. Her proper right arm is around a little girl. And the father's proper left arm is around a little boy. A younger girl stands in the center. Uh, The figures are mostly nude except for drapery. Okay. Yes. It is uh, 27 feet by 16 feet, 6 inches by 21.5 inches. Weighs 200 tons. Okay. That'd be nice to have. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. That would also be nice to to have the protecting hand. So I think that's it for my list for now. I'm going to have the sower in the backyard, mm-hmm. okay? Leo the lion in the basement, and have the protecting hand. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to put the protecting hand exactly. I feel like it would look, you know, tacky just like on the side of my house. But what did they do with the flooring when volleyball moved from Devaney or moved to Devaney from the college? Well, isn't all of that flooring like super portable? So did they just move that? With them? Well, I'm, I'm not sure if by the time, if it was still, I mean, it wasn't always portable type flooring um, because it, they played basketball games right. there too. So I'm not sure if they had a permanent floor that they took out or not. But I I, I would thing. want some of the, the, the flooring, even if it's something that just expired, like the turf from Memorial Stadium, when they have to change stuff at PBA or Devaney or when they moved out yeah. of the Coliseum. Yeah. That'd be nice. There, there, yeah, there's several things that would be cool to have from there as well. But. Piece together enough of the flooring pieces, like at home, <laughs> so you have your own. Ho- and then, and then, ob- I guess obviously, I couldn't do this without also saying, if I could ever get my hands on some of the, uh, some of the stuff that was at Coolcrest Golf Course. Oh, obviously. If I could reconstruct, you know, it would be awesome if you could re get get like the alligator or get the whatever you know, the one that has the the Eiffel Tower. Or the house with a garage door that opens, uh-huh. and just recreate that one hole in your backyard. I'd like to do that too. So Tim on the Rickstein recognition talking text line says talking about the protecting hand. Yes, the says, protecting hand. The drapery was added when the state took over the building. It's not. I know people. I thought that too. <laughs> I thought that too. But I gotta find this blog post. Here it is. Here it is. Uh. Can you trust your memory? Lessons from the protecting hand sculpture. Um, in the, I'm just going to read this. This is from 2013. In, in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I live, there's a sculpture called the Pro, uh, protecting hand, blah, blah, blah. It still graces. Um, clearly visible. I remember when I was a child, the parents were nude. Or were they? I even remember my second grade teacher commenting on how terrible it was the figures were all naked, that so much should put clothes on them. Then I remember seeing them with clothes on for the first time. I seem to remember something about a controversy and how they finally agreed to put clothes on the figures. But are those memories accurate? Then she posts, whoever did this, uh, posted a photo of the sculpture and people commented on the fact that the figures were formerly known and added later. So they found a picture from 1957 and they're exactly the same then. 
<laughs> they had clothes in 1957. Yet there's this collective memory we all have of them being naked and then having clothes put on them. It's crazy. Um, I got to post this. It's uh, just Google. Just Google this, and the blog is called Marsha's Musings. I read this the other day, and evidently, they say this is all they've always been clothed. Yet there is this thing we all remember about them having not been clothed at some time. I know they don't look super clothed in the picture, but there was a but there was a there's this thought that we all had that they were totally like in detail naked, looking full Greek. Yeah, in detail naked, like there were mom and dad and that there was more of those things but there no there seem to be no pictures of that ever being the case all the way back to 57 which according to this it was done in between 1953 and 55 so i don't know if it happened during that time or what happened but it's a fascinating discussion nonetheless because i seem to have that exact same same memory about this whole thing i don't know they look naked in this picture okay i don't know how to ask you this but do they look detailedly detailedly naked yes okay i don't know how to say what i want to say to you i will let you come look at this when we go to break look at mom (laughs) yeah i don't know there's like some drapery around her waist okay all right We'll, we'll, we we need to get to the bottom of this because that's what what he said is what the texture said. Mid, Midtown Dave sent me an email with, it, and that's the picture I'm looking at. Okay, I will look at that one. What year is that picture from? I wonder. Is it from before '57? All right, I'm gonna have to look at this and see if this is actually true. I don't know. The trees are in color. I, I was told this exact same thing that other people are saying <laughs> here, but then I read this blog post and it made me doubt it. And now I don't just Google protecting hand Lincoln. And then about three or four of them down, you'll see this blog post from 2013 called it's Marsh's musings online, read it. And then tell me what you think after that, because it's, it's just, it's screwing with my mind right now. And then I'm going to go look at Caleb's picture and evaluate the level of <laughs> nudity that he's looking at right now. Another thing I didn't expect to show on the set explaining how to butcher a hog to Mark. And, and talking uh, levels of nudity and evaluating levels of nudity that Caleb has pulled up on his computer. It's been quite a Monday. All right, we got 36 degrees in the capital city. We will take a break, and uh, Caleb's going to give you some very clothed sports coming up next. Yes. Selling K today with Jack and friends on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. Meteorologist Malcolm Byron. He's a five-time Nebraska Sports Writer of the Year. He asks the tough questions. But most importantly, he occasionally retweets Jack Mitchell. It's the Omaha World Herald's Dirk Chatelain. All right, 837. Welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN, 36 degrees in the capital city. I have the cargo shorts on because there's a high of, what, 55 today. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, it's, this isn't going to be the first time over the course of the next two weeks either. Uh, all right, let's uh, jump in with Dirk, which, by the way, Dirk, before we get, we got sports stuff of all sorts of different things to talk about, and I guess this is sports-related, but it was nice when I was uh, watching the old press conference on the video to see old old Dirk Chatlin back in there asking some questions. It's like the good old days. Very exciting. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, when we get down to about the fifth string, we had some sicknesses, we had some other assignments, you know, it's like, oh, call, I'm like the uh, forty. 42-year-old, what am I now, 41-year-old, I'm the 41-year-old 
uh, situational lefty out of the bullpen. <laughs> I wondered if you still remembered. I thought uh, Dirk, Dirk was more like the, hey, did you play quarterback in high school? <laughs> uh, well, it was funny because I'm a little bit, I've sort of reached the stage of, uh, I'm kind of Dan Campbell, you know, the Lions coach last night who was like calling hook and ladders on the last <laughs> yeah, possession. Yeah. I was, uh, I'm a little bit at the, uh, you know, the YOLO stage. Uh, so we get to the end the other day and I'm like, you know, nobody asked Tony White about this, this silly black shirts tradition yet. Uh, and so, so Keith Mann, Nebraska's sports information director, you know, basically said, uh, one more question. And and I turned to Keith and I said, "Oh, you gotta let me have this one just for entertainment." Uh, and I and I asked Tony. I said, "I said, please uh, detail your plans for the black shirt tradition, specifically <laughs> when you will release them and how many you know you will award." And uh, and everybody got a good kick out what? of that. And, and and White had actually, you know, he actually had a pretty good answer for it. But he he found the amusement in it too. So uh, it was it was fun to be back doing that and and have it be a, a low-stakes situation, because over the years, they're not always low-stakes. Like, I was afraid, like, when you asked it, I got the joke, and I knew everybody in the room would, but I was a, I was afraid that he wasn't going to get it. <laughs> like, yeah, like he just wouldn't have the institutional knowledge that this is discussed every year ad nauseum and has yeah. been for years, and, I, and he, I was afraid. But he did. Luckily enough, the, you, people are probably talking to him about it constantly already. Uh, I think I so, and, and I was I was wearing a pretty big grin to show that mm-hmm. I was, you know, to sort of disarm him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, both of those guys, I mean, to their credit, Jack, this is something that we haven't talked much about. Um, and, and maybe not be, might not be where you want to start this discussion, fine. but, Whatever. uh, Nebraska football players, you know, are obviously too young to appreciate the tradition here. Right. So it makes it harder to recruit 18, 19 year old kids. Um, but man, if you're trying to recruit 44 year old, 46 year old <laughs> coordinators and coaches, Jack, this is no joke. Both of those guys just like. They just lit up, and Rule was the same way, right? Yeah, Rule's what forty-seven, forty-eight now, but uh, but he he was the same way. The idea of coaching at Nebraska, those guys just lit up, man. I mean, Tony White was like, hey, that was it's you know, I grew up watching that program. <laughs> Satterfield was the same way. I mean, hey, if if I don't know if Nebraska can keep it going with with high school kids, but uh, this this could be the glory years of of recruiting assistant coaches right now. It's like the equivalent of the the demographic crowd of the I Love the '90s musical tour with yes. Salt and Peppa and Fastball and yes. Everclear and the, and all of those. It's, yes. it's the exact same thing. Um, I mean, it's uh, you know, and, and the the irony of that, of course, is that Rule hired a bunch of guys who were who were too young to remember all that stuff. <laughs> right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, coordinators, Jack. Coordinators. Coordinators. The four, if you're in your forties, hey. Uh, we're coming after you. I'm writing the prime demo there. I need to. Uh, I need to get my stuff together here. Um, and then to add on to that was was Satterfield. Um, which the I mean to me that was the story of the day. You know how they've got that performance lab in Memorial Stadium. You know if you you, you take the escalators up, you'll see like the little basketball court. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. I have a I have a theory. Uh, after Marcus Satterfield spoke, that they are not using that uh, as 
the pretext states for measuring athletic performance. I believe they are implanting chips in the minds of Husker fans there uh, that pass through the gates of Memorial Stadium. They are then uh, creating an algorithm of all their thoughts, and they have placed it in Marcus Satterfield's head uh, to have, or in Satterfield's head to have him uh, then uh, uh, deliver the perfect marketing message to they're attract TikToking Husker fans. They're, yeah, they're essentially doing that, and everything. <laughs> He said everything he said sounded like an AI generated <laughs> AI generated thing to you like like when you lift your phone up and there's an ad of something that you just talked about. I was just gonna say yes. that. I was I was just gonna say it's it's like going on, you know, you search for something yes. and immediately it's on Facebook next time you log into Facebook. Yes, they've heard I'm pretty sure they've heard conversations of everyone's uncle at Christmas. I mean it's it's yeah. crazy. It's cr- but, the, the things he said. Jack, let's let's point out that what are the freaking odds of a guy who shows up as the offensive coordinator at Tennessee Chattanooga in 2011 comes to Lincoln, Nebraska for the first time as a tribute to the po- the program that he's playing against in 2011. He runs a fullback dive on the first play, and 12 years later, he's calling plays for that exact program. I'm glad you uh, looked it up, Dirk. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's just the the sheer sort of you know improbability or audacity of it uh is pretty crazy and and granted the college football is a relatively small world and you get links you know connections all the time but but this is a guy i mean he has no connection to nebraska i mean he's yeah. he's a, a, a tennessee native and uh east tennessee state player and i mean it just just kind of weird that uh, a guy who thinks so highly of Nebraska. And, you know, Rule was the same way. Rule is a Penn State guy, so it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, but these guys, I mean, they seriously, you can't overstate it. These these three guys, uh, Rule and his two coordinators, I mean, they revere Nebraska tradition. They and, like and the idea of Nebraska football. Yes, <laughs> and I love that. I love it. I'm not... I mean, <laughs> I'm not too objective to to admit that I love that yeah. because um, I don't know, Jack. I, I'm not. I, I hate it when we dunk on past guys, and you know, this guy didn't do that. I mean, I I, I even kind of cringe at some of the frost stuff, you know, that that has the, the criticism that has been unleashed mm-hmm. over the last four months. But I think it's fair to say that not not everybody in Nebraska's coaching staff over the last twenty years has really uh, revered the place, you yeah. know? Um, I mean, they didn't, and I'm not just talking about head coaches, but just there, there hasn't been that type of appreciation. You I mean think. you mean Phil Elmation wasn't reading history books <laughs> on Nebraska and talking about his yeah, own exactly. personal memories? <laughs> exactly. So, and, and some of that, I think, is probably just unique to the individuals. Some of it, though, like I said, is clearly, uh, you know, a part of, of the era that they came up in. And, you know, these guys were, were, were teenagers and college football players in the 1990s. I mean, imagine working, you know, growing up in the coaching profession um, and, and just hoping that you'll, you'll coach at a program that, that represents greatness like that at some point, and, and here it comes. Yeah. So uh, I think you're going to see a great, great appreciation for the jobs that they have, and, and hopefully that manifest in in success 
I love it. Everything. I feel like everything's catered to my exact age and generation right now. <laughs> I go to the grocery store, and a hundred percent that playlist is for me. I am there, as we say in radio. I am their P one for that list. My exact birthday, my exact station in life, uh, with the you know kind of the era that they go with. It's amazing, and so it's, I, it's I, nice Jack, to be there. I was there. having this conversation. I was having this conversation with my kids yesterday in the car. You know, and you and I have talked about this before, but they were playing '80s music again. They were playing Jack and Diane. Yeah. on the radio and i was like oh you guys this is like one of the top 20 songs of the 1980s and my my son goes why did they play so many songs from the 1980s <laughs> and, I, and my response was because the people in charge of playing the music are from the 1980s <laughs> right right so, exactly. uh, but it is it is very humbling to think that uh it's the equivalent of of my parents playing 1950s songs in the car uh, when i was a kid that yeah there's a whole bunch of little exercises you can do like that that are crazy um how about this though i mean and 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 by the way i guess we never really got into the nuts and bolts for people who didn't hear what satterfield said but he basically said i mean paraphrasing very quickly he basically said we're bringing back the fullback we're gonna huddle i don't like all these things where people up holding up signs on the sideline uh for the for the play calling and where the quarter i want the quarterback talking to the team we're gonna be physical uh we're gonna be big we're gonna run the ball predominantly uh and we're gonna lock up the borders of the state for recruiting did i did i get it all in terms of the algorithm that was spit out He basically said, I want to be Wisconsin, uh, which I know Mm. you will love, Jack, as a huge Badger fan. Listen, at least get a running quarterback if you're going to be Wisconsin. He does believe in that. I specifically asked him about the running quarterback, and he said it's crucial to the offense. Good. uh, Good. I think think you can be satisfied there. Uh, But, yeah, you you can tell he, he really believes in this thing. Now, whether he can execute it, that's, that's always a big question. But uh, Nebraska wants to be – I mean, just a, just a remarkable contrast from Frost. And I'm not saying better or worse. It's just the facts. You know, where Scott wanted to come in here and sort of, uh, you know, be be the, uh, the change of pace, the contrarian in the Big Ten West. Yeah. Um, Satterfield wants to lean into the Big Ten West. You know? When some of them are now changing away from it. Yeah. This is crazy. Wisconsin's going to be the air raid, and Nebraska's going to be the you know the pro-style run-the-ball offense with a, a fullback. And the West isn't going to exist. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. You know what? That That's probably the best-case scenario for Nebraska, right? Like, be, go lean into physical old-school football, and hopefully – the league sort of trends away from that, you know, so you sort of stand out uh, in, in, in that strategy. Um, again, we'll see. We always talk ourselves. I mean, I, Jack, I still believe in Scott Frost's vision. Yeah, uh, the idea because, of it. You know, Scott wanted to sort of, you know, take old school Nebraska football and then spice it up with, with playmakers from around the country and, you know, sort of bring South Florida speed uh, and combine it yeah. with old school Nebraska physicality. And he just, he couldn't do it. You know, he couldn't execute it. Yeah. Um, so, so sometimes the ideas are good and the execution is what really matters. But, but the, uh, the vision that Satterfield, you know, put out the other day was, was very compelling. Dirk, I'm worried that they don't have enough fullbacks on the roster for spring practice because the cupboard was left bare by the previous coaching staff. So what I'm proposing is that uh, if you're from a town of uh, fewer than 10,000 people, you're invited to an open try and from Nebraska, uh, you'll be invited to an open tryout in March. 
right? And we just put together the uh, fullback squad from kids who worked on farms in in Nebraska. And I think that should probably take care of it. I have this vision, and I was joking about this yesterday, of of Satterfield like attending the uh, the state wrestling tournament next month, you know, <laughs> and like just just going to like the class D finals mm-hmm. at two hundred and fifteen pounds, mm-hmm. and just being like, you know, it could almost be like a reality show where the winner of the match, you know, becomes his his scholarship fullback next right. year, uh, right. No, I, I'm only half kidding. Like, I honestly think they should think about uh, it would be so popular here, like a 12th man type thing like Texas A&M used to do with a walk on on uh, or maybe they still do it on special teams. Like we've got a you know, there's an honorary fullback. That's a walk on from the state of Nebraska. Always. Yeah. Uh, that's a part this of the team. It'd be amazing. Add it to the list. Add it to the list of great marketing ideas uh, from Jack Mitchell. That so many. They never adopted. It, offered free on the radio to you. Royalty free with no charge. They should and make it part of uh, Nebraska's big rodeo in Burwell. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> go out to go out to, to Burwell, and that's get, where we, get some high school rodeo just have kids. A little, have rule go down there in Satterfield with a little sign up booth out there. <laughs> They'll just do it in their jeans, right? Like out it's there. a dunk tank. We'll do it over there in the field south of the south of the rodeo grounds. Well, Satterfield looks like the type of guy who, uh, you know, like like his predecessor at the position will. Will not be afraid to have a chaw in his lips, so uh, he'll fit right in. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Hey, there was a there was seriously though a phase where uh, college football didn't have enough long snappers. Okay, yeah. So all these kids around the country who had no football background were just like, "Hey, I can long snap," and they became like you know scholarship kids, and you know this this kid going to Alabama who's 145 pounds and he can long snap. <laughs> yep. And and it's you know maybe that's what happens in Nebraska with the fullback again. That'd be cool. That would be very cool. Uh, all right. Hey, last but not least, uh, Nebraska basketball won again. Don't know if you uh, not you noticed <laughs> that. They won again against the worst team in the Big Ten. But the, I mean, let's not get it confused. A road win in the Big Ten this year for anyone is probably a a, a, a very good thing. But I, I, I'm just curious, like, where with what Derek Walker is doing this year, I, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever... And again, I'm watching Nebraska basketball, so I don't have a huge, <laughs> a huge pantheon of players to think about. He's got to be one of the most unique, uh, sort of best players Nebraska basketball has has had in just a weird way. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. Nebraska's had some. Nebraska's had some odd senior seasons that where where guys bloomed really late. Yeah. Okay. And you're like, oh man, if only they had that guy for another year. But but I don't. It doesn't seem like it. It came out of nowhere quite like this one. And I, and I realized part of it was last year, you know, Nebraska was so guard dominant. That, yeah. you know, and he showed signs at the very end of the year of this, I would also say. But you're right. He did. Yeah. But, man, it's it's craft, Jack. I mean, it's like his it's, skill level around the basket is just like, I mean, it reminds me so much of watching like a really high-level hoop-it-up game or city rec game where you're just like, oh, man, I want nothing to do with that guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I it's mean, a just, it's a weird skill set. Yeah, I mean, normally we're just talking about just like athleticism or crazy shooting. Steph Curry, crazy shooting, huge athleticism, crazy size. What his talent is is nobody can stop him from laying the ball up. It's un- <laughs> it's so weird. He's like he's like a modern personification of the Mike and Drill. You know, he's like he's like catch it at fifteen feet. Uh, you know, make two dribbles one way, spin the other way, lay it off the glass. Right. You know, it's like, 
I, the other coaches, the other coaches, like, how the hell did he just do that again? I've never been in a position where I'm watching a basketball game and I'm actively talking crap to the other team, like, oh, you're not going to stop these layups. <laughs> but it's true. It's like I'm like, man him up, let him go, post him up, and and do a little finger roll bank thing that has the perfect angle. I have no idea how against a seven footer. And it almost always works. Well, it's like the basketball gods when they were building Derek Walker. They said, well, he could be taller to be a post, but we're going to take some of those points away. We're not going to, even though he's going to be a smaller big, he's not going to be a great three-point shooter. We're going to make him a thousand percent on just like (laughs) running shots at the back. It's like a player design where you actually set one rating way too high in 2K and and all of the rest are normal. It's so bizarre. I've just never seen a player like that. It came out of nowhere. He's like 27 years old. <laughs> he, he, he seemingly didn't have any of these skills two years ago. Yeah. You know, he was just sort of a bruiser who would yeah. rebound. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, like in his fifth or sixth year or whatever he is, you know, he just appears at, at playing at an all Big Ten level. Like like he went into some laboratory over the last, oh, you know, off season. In the mind control and, lab, probably. No, over he's, tw- he's 27 years old. What he did was he went and he started playing YMCA ball. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> With Breidenbach. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean seriously. You you look at Nebraska now. Granted, there's there's some there's some athletes on that floor. Obviously, Juwan Gary, you know, Band the Bandamel, yeah. Uh, but but man, if if you're like the other team, you're like, okay, you're the other post player. You're like, all right, I, we got to beat Breidenbach and Derek Walker, right? Like, <laughs> and they bring Casey Tominaga off the bench, right? <laughs> neither one of those guys. Can can jump over a phone book, you know, a phone book, and uh, and and Nebraska's, you know, racking up wins. I mean, Jack, if they win Tuesday night against, don't Illinois, do it, don't let me think I it, know, don't know, do it, I Dirk. But I yes, know. things are going to start to get weird if that happens. The NIT, the NIT watch begins. I mean, we we might as well start the, uh, you know, pulling off clothing articles in the Nebraska locker room from the Big Ten commissioner or something like that. I mean, it's <laughs> it's on. Oh my gosh. Hey, the, the the occasional that's another game. Another game. Nebraska never wins in other years, uh, and especially after getting absolutely screwed by uh, by multiple flops by Minnesota. Um, oh my god! Nonetheless, yeah. that was bad. The, the 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 charge epidemic in college basketball oh, is I'm with is you. Maybe maybe my least favorite thing in sports. You like, don't you know I agree with you. Why do officials? Why do they just stop it? It's it's like a. I don't know. Again, change change the way they signal it. That would help a little. It's too yeah, fun to would. make the charge signal. It's try it at home. Fun. It's really fun. <laughs> make it less fun. Make it be touching your pinkies together or something. Uh, so true. <laughs> All so right, true. Dirk. I'm out of time. Great conversation today. Uh, we will reconvene again next Monday. Have a uh, have a good one. We'll talk to you later. After Nebraska upsets Purdue, right? <laughs> Number one team in the nation. That'd be great. That'd be- this day is also looking like a gem of a day, mostly sunny. Once again, highs should be in the low 50s across the area. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I woke up this morning saying, yeah, there's still not a, you know, not a ton on the local news. There's no great local news topic. I mean, how long are we going to be able to think about talk about floodplains? Um, but I'll tell you what, had a great show. Had a fun show. Thanks to all of you uh, <laughs> was a good time. playing along, participating, discussing uh, from the rural tour to the naked people on the uh, side of the Woodman building to uh, 